Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. On today's episode, it is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over and football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there was always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us here on the pod today of Believe in Betting Chicago. It is Bears Buccaneers coming up on Thursday night, short week. So we're going to talk to someone who knows a thing or two about goats and knows a thing or two about longevity, virility. It's the Believe in Patriots host, Brady Farkas. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. You know, for Buccaneers fans, it seems like just another day on the schedule. But for Bears fans and for Brady fans, Foles versus Brady on a Thursday night, it feels a little different to me and you. Yeah, see, I definitely think so. I mean, I think Tom Brady remembers everything. So he's not going to have forgotten the Super Bowl, even though he's won six others. So um, I think I don't think that this Foles team will put up 40-something points. So like that Foles team did, though. No, I don't think so. I mean, we're, we struggled so badly last week against the Colts. I mean, we're just hoping and praying that we get to 20, 24 points in this game. What a horrible, what a horrible game to have flexed into that 425 window. Oh, my God. Luckily here. I'm in New England. Luckily in New England, we still got, we got flexed into, uh, we got uh, Buffalo and, uh, and Vegas, but my goodness, the people who saw bears and Colts, I feel bad for them. I don't know what they were thinking. I was, I was pulling on the under super hard in that game because I just didn't, th- I thought the Colts defense was really talented. I think our defense is still talented. Hasn't really shown out yet this year, but I thought it was going to be a low scoring game. But yeah. Mega flex, the full era completely underway. And I wanted to just ask you, you know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. This is a Chicago Bears podcast. I don't want to pull you into the therapy room and put you down on the couch, but how are you doing emotionally seeing Brady in a different uniform? We have our own issues with quarterbacks in this town, but I just want to hear from someone going through something that's a little bit different and still pretty fresh. Yeah, man, Patriot fans are actually surprisingly okay with everything, and I think they're going to be okay no matter what. Like, I think we'd reached a point of the off season where that if the Patriots had rolled with Hoyer or Stidham and just been bad, then I think they would have just said like, Hey, like we deserve it once in a while. Like we've been good for so long. We could handle a year off. Don't make it two, but we can handle one year off. And they would have been fine just rooting for Brady and seeing Brady do well. Um, if they had been pleasantly good, then it would have been like, Hey, Brady won. We won all as well. When they got when the Pats brought in Cam, man, fans are excited. Fans were pumped. Fans were like, hey, we went from one MVP to another MVP. So Brady can win on his side of the divorce. Belichick can win on his side of the divorce. Just don't see each other in the Super Bowl. So hearts had to be conflicted. But uh, I, I think Patriot fans are rooting for Brady to do well. Patriot fans are happy with Cam because he's brought he's brought something different, man. And and it's brought a sense of relief to Patriots Nation, which is cool. For 20 years, ah, eh, maybe for the last 15 years, it was win the Super Bowl or bust. This year, it's, it's pleasantly surprised. Like, I, I was ready for the Patriots to be 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 6-10, and 10, lucky to be 10-6, and six, but I had them pegged at 8-8. Eight and eight, And I don't know what their record will finish, but they are better than we all thought. So I think people now are pleasantly surprised. And with the expectations off, it's kind of been a welcome relief. 
I'm glad you're in a good place. I'm glad you're in a safe space. It sort of sounds like when the grandparents get divorced after 45 years <laughs> that you guys are just cool that they had a great run. It's all good. I mean, you could be in a different position. You could be hating Jay Cutler for seven years, and I still have Bears fans that wish Jay Cutler was still the quarterback of the Bears right now, and he's not even in the NFL. But, again, that Patriot way – not to get too far off on a Patriots tangent, but I do want to ask you, it is creating an interesting debate, which has already existed, but it's fermenting itself right now about, is it more Belichick or is it more Brady? And you just see, you know, Belichick's defenses, they're still the same. They're calling the game a little bit differently, but not too dissimilar from what Brady was limited by still a great quarterback, but wasn't able to make all the throws he could early on, early on in his career. Belichick's kind of winning out a little bit right now. It is such a lazy debate. There are three debates in sports talk that I refuse to have. There are three topics I refuse to talk about. Because if you have nothing else to talk about, invariably sports hosts come back to three things. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame, mm. MJ or LeBron, and Brady or Belichick? I refuse to do any of that speculation and conjecture. They both needed each other. There are very few quarterbacks that could have put up with the demanding nature of Belichick. Brady was perfect for Belichick because he was, he was of the same dedicated and diligent mindset, and he was able to be the perfect conduit between younger teammates and, and Belichick because he believed in it. And when you believe in it from the top down, everybody else can fall in line. Brady, Belichick could not have won like he did without a great quarterback. He didn't win in Cleveland. He was 5-11 and the year before Brady got to be the starting quarterback. He was 0-2 with Bledsoe the year Brady came in. He couldn't have won without Brady. And Brady would not have won six Super Bowls without Belichick. Would he have won one maybe? Well, I can't say that he wouldn't have, but he would not be the GOAT without Belichick pushing him in a way that he needed to be pushed. So they needed each other. And I'm not of the belief that every trade, every breakup has to have a winner and a loser. I want to ask you about, let's move it over to the Buccaneers here. I just want to hear your thoughts on what you've seen from the 43-year-old Tom Brady. He's got eight touchdowns over his last two games. Didn't look so great in the first couple of weeks. Does he still look like, the same guy that you saw last season, do you see it just a tiny little bit of a regression here and there, or is it still the same player? No, he has actual wide receivers now. What are we talking about here? He's got real weapons around him now. Last year, he had his best receiver was a 33-year-old. His first-round draft pick was injured half the season. He lost his tight end. He lost his offense. He lost his starting center. He lost his left tackle. Um, be nice to Jacoby Myers. Come on. He, I mean, <laughs> you know what? and then like they go and acquire Muhammad Sanu and he instantly gets hurt. So he's got real players now and he's got so many advantages built in. Like, yeah, he's got an offensive head coach. That's cool. He's got great players. He's got better weather. He's got a domed division for half of his division road games. All of those things matter with, with, if Brady had those weapons in new England, he'd, he'd look he'd be just as good. The, the, detriment in week one week two is that even Tom Brady's not immune from not having preseason and not having mini camp to work with a new system well especially with yeah a whole new coach whole new system trying to maybe stretch the field a little bit more than he's probably used to or maybe he's been dying to because the last couple <laughs> of years it feels like the Patriots have been working more in the intermediate intermediary place and let's be honest that's Brady's safe space right it's just step one two throw under 2.5 seconds, get the ball out, move the chains, surgically, methodically move the ball down the field. And now he's got guys like Mike Evans that he can just take shots with down the field. And it's got to be a different dynamic for him. Maybe a struggle to transition into, but he's got to be pretty happy about it. Yeah, it's definitely a different dynamic. But, you know, 
I'm of the belief that yes, he, you need to take some shots, right? Like you have to keep the defense honest. So I'm not saying, you, you know, you never want to throw it deep, but Brady's pretty darn good at not getting hit, right? Like what do we criticize quarterbacks for taking off and getting crushed? And Brady doesn't do that. So if he gets rid of the ball quickly, that rhythmic passing game just acts as your running game. And the interesting thing too, I do a, I do a tandem podcast for the Bleed Podcast Network called Believe in Bears with a former offensive lineman, Cameron Lee. He was saying also that the Buccaneers offensive line is one of his favorite offensive lines in the NFL. I mean, on their right side, they're just solid completely up front. And for a 43-year-old who's defying the concepts of age, space, and time, it's also got to be a nice benefit for him too as well. Well, if you're, if you're team building, everybody wants the flash. Everybody wants the running back. Everybody, want, everybody wants the cheap running back, but everybody wants the running back. Everybody wants the wide out. Then now we want the tight end. We want the hybrid player who can do a little bit of everything. Then we love the special teams guy when you actually get, you know, that guy can be in there too. We love the defensive back. Like the, the trenches is still where it starts on offense. Like it's kind of been analytic out of me that the pass rush is the most important part of defense but on offense it's still the quarterback and the offensive line and the fact that Brady has one which again last year he lost his starting center and his starting left tackle that's not easy to overcome and let's just spin it over to Bears Buccaneers your outside point of view how do you handicap this game in this matchup coming up on Thursday night I mean I say that the Bucs are gonna win and I would say that like I know you're gonna ask me what should the Bucs do the answer is just the Bears quarterback situation will do it to themselves, right? Like, isn't that the answer that I have to go with? Like, not to throw salt on an open wound, but Nick Foles is the great, like, he's the great comeback off the bench guy, but he's not the great starter. Trubisky is like Well, the, he's like the reliever that comes in and throws like four sparkling shutout innings, and you're like, who is yeah. this guy? So you give him a start the next time in, and then like the next couple of starts, you're just like, oh, man, the guy's only got so many bullets in the chamber. I mean, it's Thursday night. It's a short week for both teams. I would still say the Bucs are going to win, man. The Bucs are the better team. They have more weapons. Bears have some injuries. Now, Bucks lost O.J. Howard, but Bears lost Tariq Cohen. I know Montgomery not quite on the same page early in the season with, uh, with the quarterback situation. So I would say that um, the Bucs are going to win. And then conversely, I would ask, when is Allen Robinson getting traded to the Patriots? That's what I would ask next. <laughs> I love the fact that the second that he scrubbed his social media page, Patriots blogosphere just went absolutely nuts. It was, it was a brush fire, a blaze. And I'm in California. I'm familiar with brush fires. This thing <laughs> caught fast. Well, it's because, again, the t nobody thought the Patriots, not nobody, but a lot of people didn't think the Patriots were going to be very good. So it was like, it was okay to, hey, Cam's going to be out there with nobody and we'll just see what happens. But then when you see that Cam's pretty good and then they go on the road to Seattle and you see, wow, they almost beat Seattle and they were one yard away from beating and we're like, well, damn, now the team's a contender. Now we need to get Cam some help. So, okay, is OBJ unhappy this week? Is Robinson still unhappy? Is Stephon Diggs turned on anybody already? It's like anybody you can get your hand. Oh, the Vikings are winless. Have a feeling. Like it's just anybody who can catch passes at a better degree than, than Demir Bird, let's go make a phone call too. Yeah, Patriots uh, GMs are just texting other teams late at night, just being like, hey, I'm here for you. Whatever yes. you need, like, look, <laughs> we can work something out. And for Bears fans, this is kind of how we're wrapping our heads around it, and you're completely right. We start with the concept of we can beat anybody, we just don't know what our quarterback is going to look like. And that is a huge problem on a week-to-week -week basis, which always puts us in this constant state of flux. And we're looking at the Buccaneers injury report. LaShawn McCoy is out. Chris Godwin already ruled out. Leonard Fournette, doubtful. 
couple other guys. Mike Evans is questionable. It looks like he's probably going to play. And we're like, okay, well, they might be a little limited here and there. But then you know this as well as anybody who's a Patriots fan. They got this guy on the team, Scotty Miller, who I'm personally terrified of because as a Patriot, do you just look at Scotty Miller and you go, I know this guy. I know him. You're so stereotyping, though. Like, I know where you're going with this, but, like, you're so stereotyping like he's a short white receiver. Like, I get Tom Brady it, but... loves him already. It just happens. It just – how does it – it just happens, doesn't it? Scotty Miller, Evans, um, you're right. They're depleted, but Ronald Jones, no slouch back either. Like, I get it. So, um, Brady doesn't have to win by 50. He just has to win. And you want – you know, you're concerned that he's going to cover the number or whatever. What was it, five and a half last I saw? I think it is, Yeah. Okay. It's a, big, a it's a bit of a Vegas zone, just a little bit. I would say it's an uglier, lower scoring game, but I could see the Patriots or the Patriots. I could see the Bucks winning 20 to 10. Like, or I could see them 20 to 13. I mean, I don't think it's going to be 44 38, but I could see 20 to 13. Uh, I keep doing it now. If Patriots, Tom Brady didn't play for you anymore. Bucks, I could see winning by seven. Tampa, Tampa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thought process is too that. The Bears have scored zero points in the third quarter this season through four games. And we know Tom Brady is lethal in any quarter on any drive, but most importantly in that fourth quarter. And we've been known for these miraculous fourth quarters, but are we going to even be in a position to be within shouting distance around that area is what I think Bears fans should really be keying in on. If we can sort of hang around the game, make it interesting, then there's always a play away. You know, Tom Brady has thrown, had a propensity to start throwing pick sixes later on in his career. I wouldn't mind taking one of those two as well. And it's just really a matchup that I'm personally really terrified of. But it should be fun. Are the Bears real? Are they ready for prime time? It's really up in the air, and we get to play Tom Brady, which is always nice. Yeah, that'll be cool. I think that um, as far as Brady goes, man, I think he's th- – yeah, he threw a pick six last week. But by and large, he's not going to beat himself. And you're not going to – like we kind of saw it with New England and Kansas City on Monday. Like, New England had no business being in that game, but they missed all of their chances, right? Like, they fumbled in the red zone. They botched the end of the half. They dropped the pick. They had another pick from Mahomes that they dropped. Like, if you're going to pull an upset, you have to take advantage of your chances when they're given to you. And often, Brady hasn't given teams any chances, but if the Bears get them, they have to take advantage, right? Like if you can pull an interception, if you can get a fumble, if you can take advantage of a flag that negates a first down, like you have to be willing to pounce on that. That is what the good teams in the NFL do. There are very few great teams. And then they're just the teams that end up with good records that were just opportunistic. They didn't beat themselves and they capitalize when you beat yourself. I mean, I'm pretty of the mindset that if, if there was a game where there was no turnovers and no penalties, most games in the NFL would be pretty darn even. The thing that separates those games is turnovers and penalties. So if the Bears get gifted with those things, they have to take advantage of them. You just triggered Bears fans as the Khalil Mack interception slips right through his fingers, which would have flipped the field against the Colts last week because you're absolutely nailing it right now. And I think you'd also agree that when you play an offense like a Buccaneers offense with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady – when you do get those opportunities, you can't kick field goals. you got to cash in on touchdowns. Yeah, you've got to cash in on touchdowns. And I think that Brady's mindset on Thursday night is not to, not to overcomplicate things. Like, I think he's going to come out and recognize, hey, the team is depleted. We're on a short week. Let's not be exotic. I think they're going to be pretty vanilla and pretty plain. And Brady's okay with methodically going down the field and just kind of, hey, if they win it 13-6, I really don't think he's going to care. Like, he doesn't have to 
put on this Andy Reid McVeigh type performance where everything is dressed up. I think he just wants to get in and get out and get to his long week. So that's why I think it'll be lower scoring. I think it will be uglier. I could see, even from Tampa, I could see a lot of punts in the first quarter. And then eventually just kind of maybe they take advantage of a Bears mistake. And that's where I kind of get like a 20 to 13 final from. But I don't expect anything real exotic from Brady because I've never really seen it on Thursday Night Football. I mean, they played an ugly game against Tampa a couple of years ago when he was with the Patriots and they won. The final score was like 16 to 10. They played, you know, Houston on, on Thursday Night Football and Brady was suspended. They ran them into the ground. They played Houston again and all they did was run the football. Like Brady's just kind of like, hey, Thursday night, let's just get in, get it out, get the win and be done. And that's why I'm looking at the second half of the Bears in that third quarter, the ineffectiveness. They have to try and turn that around because I think, like you said, Brady can make those plays that it can eventually separate himself. And real quick, such an interesting misnomer too as well because we're so obsessed with stats and production now and fantasy stats. You look at Tom Brady's numbers in fantasy, they're pretty good, but he goes through five or six game stretches where he'll only throw maybe six touchdowns in seven games, something like that. His passing yards won't really be up there. And people will ask the question, is Tom Brady done? Well, no, watch the games. It's just they're playing to the situation. It's like they don't need to like ball out against the Jets. They can just win 16 to six and just go home. And that's kind of the art of the Patriots too over these past several seasons. I think Brady is as self-aware an athlete as I've ever seen. Like he knows what he is and he knows who he is. He knows what he is at any specific time. I also think it's kind of weird to paint the picture, but he's selfish in the fact that he wants to keep playing. He always wants to be the starter and he always wants to be the best. And he does want proper credit for what his team and what his teams do. That is selfish, but he is selfless in how the team gets there. Like he's okay if he throws, if he goes 16 for 21 for 172 yards and one score and no picks, he's okay as long as they win. Just at the end of the year, give him proper credit for helping lead the team in that way and for putting ego aside. He wants to be recognized. But game to game, I don't think he really cares how he looks as long as they win. Let's give Bears fans what they want to hear. I want to hear your take on what you expect from Nick Foles in this Thursday night matchup and maybe give the audience members to just one thing, one part of his game that if he can be successful with in this matchup, the bears have a chance. I think he's going to throw for some yards, but I think it's going to be mostly accumulated in the second half. Like I could see that 20 to 13 score, but I could also see it being 20 to six with like eight minutes left in the game. And now all of a sudden there's another, there's a hundred yard fourth quarter there. So I could see Foles going for like 265, a score, a pick, take a couple sacks. And what does he need to do? I think he's got to just be willing to use all of his weapons. Whatever weapons are there, he's got to be getting all of them involved. You can't just key on Allen Robinson. You can't just look at at Montgomery. You can't be one-dimensional because if you get one-dimensional, we've seen what happened to OBJ in New York. We see what happened to OBJ in Cleveland. Like when teams get one-dimensional, they get predictable. And you have to be unpredictable in the NFL. Look at the best teams. I mean, who was I seeing the other day? Oh, Brady he threw five touchdowns to five different receivers. And Russell Wilson makes, you know, throws to everybody on his roster. You have to be willing to do things like that if you want to win. The offense right now is sort of just struggling to find that mix because when things don't go their way, it does not, it's not that they abandon what they're trying to do, but they, they just try and get the engine revved a little bit 
faster than they need to try and heat it up on a cold day. So they're just pushing down on that gas in the driveway, trying to make it happen. It sputters. And then they try and do some gadget play that doesn't work out. And then they're behind the eight ball. And then, like you said, by that third, fourth quarter, you know, the routes are about four or five yards deeper because they're coming from behind. You get those garbage yards, but it's not really an effective, efficient way of playing offense on, you know, in the NFL. You have to figure out, again, we talk about Brady being self-aware teams need to have self-awareness too. Like you have to know, who you are and what your identity should be, right? And we see that the really good teams are able to identify what they are early. Cleveland last year thought they were a pass-happy team, right? They were going to be cute. They were going to be gimmicky. Freddie Kitchens was going to bring all this stuff. It blew up in their face. This year, Stefanski comes in, power running game, Nick Chubb. Now we'll see what happens with Chubb Hurt, but power running game, limit Mayfield a little bit. He's going to take play action. They're going to get shot plays from OBJ, but it's not going to be throwing it 55 times. The Patriots know outside of the Seattle game, they know that Cam shouldn't throw it 50 times. They need to run the football, be run first, let Cam do a lot of different things. They've identified that. Like teams that don't know what they are, okay, like the Lions, like what is their identity? The Jets, like what is their identity? Like Minnesota one week wants Kirk Cousins to throw it 42 times. The next week wants Dalvin Cook to run it 42 times. Like these teams that are struggling don't know what they are. And I don't watch Bears games like you do, but from afar, Matt Nagy is really creative. And I, have, I think because he comes from the Andy Reid tree, he's trying to create Andy Reid's offense, but he doesn't have Andy Reid's players. So, like, are you able to recreate that? You can have the greatest plays in the world. If you don't have guys that can execute them or have game-breaking speed like Tyreek Hill, I would wonder, you know, is the identity what it really should be? And that's a great point because personality-wise for a Matt Nagy's offense, I think he has it in his head, this, this visage of what it should look like and probably resembles a lot like the Chiefs offense. He'll try and do that at times when it doesn't work. When he scales back, you can tell that there's the tension and the hesitation in the scale-down scheme, and it almost gets too vanilla. And then he goes, all right, I'm going to go I'm – gonna, I'm going to do it my way. There's no there's – no, like he's not at peace, it seems like, with either the personnel or his play calling right now. Hopefully the Bears can find some consistency and get some rhythm. Maybe it comes this week, but it definitely has been a work in progress, those two fourth-quarter comebacks aside. NFL coaching is a lot of looking over your shoulder and insecurity, I think, because guys just don't know week to week. Or not not week to week, but you're in year three now with Matt Nagy, and Trubisky's on the line, and he's on the line, and he's on the hot seat, and you just start to wonder, like, okay – I don't have the leash that I once did. And then everything does become more stressful. I think a lot of playing quarterback and being a head coach in this league is being insecure and wondering who's next. Well, and he's 23 and 13 career as a coach with the bears. And yet I agree with you. He's looking over his shoulder. And I've said this in previous pods this week. I think there's a lot of pressure on Matt Nagy where, all right, you've got a new quarterback learning a new system. Hey, this is a short week. You made this decision. You're committing to it. Now you need to maybe be a little bit of that X factor. You need to maybe get your hands into this game and call up some plays and hit the right buttons against which I think both of us can agree a superior opponent that checks the box. If you go down the list, quarterback, better, running back, better, wide receivers, better, tight ends, office and flying. This is where head coaches have to come in and dial up those plays, those special plays that, you know, maybe give yourself yourselves a chance to win the game. But don't beat yourself. If they, if the bears turn it over twice, they're going to lose absolutely over twice they might be able to overcome one but if they turn it over twice they're going to lose and they have to take advantage when tampa gives them an opportunity and again 
It may be a Brady pick six that they need to catch and take to the house. It may be a running back fumble that they need to, that they need to force and pick up. It may be that they pin a punt down. You know, they have a chance to pin a punt inside the five and, you know, can they or can't they do it? You have to take your chances when they come. And the good teams do that by and large and the bad teams don't. Brady, I'm going to get you out of here on a meatball. Just want to ask you, you've mentioned in this pod that, you know, Brady is highly self-aware. And also with that self-awareness, he plays to, you know, the rhythm or what's necessary within a game. So my question for you is, he's going up against Nick Foles. How much is he struggling? And what is the balance between, I need to beat this dude because he took me down in the Super Bowl, or that's not even entering his brain in this process in the week five game? Not even entering his brain. He's, he wants... Even though I think they can both win, he wants to beat Belichick and he wants to prove that question I don't want to have. He wants to prove that it was more him. And he sees the Patriots at two and two, but he sees the Patriots at two and one with Cam. And he's got to keep playing well to prove that they made a mistake moving off of him. He wants to finish this year better than the Patriots do. So he's not worried about Nick Foles who beat him in one game. He's worried about his legacy, about how he's remembered. He's worried about beating Belichick. Yeah, I, I, I thought that would be the answer. There's not really a whole nemesis thing going on because Foles, it's almost just like, you got me, buddy. Like, good for you. I got six of these over here. You, you got me that one time. Then I just blame Belichick for benching Malcolm Butler. And there you just, go. <laughs> and we're just back to Belichick. So. Even Steven. Yeah, I, I hate the MJ conversation myself. I don't like to entertain it either. You know, I asked it more so as like, not like your way in, but like it's the conversation that won't die. So now you're just taking the pulse on like, does this thing – continue to grow and grow you know mj had mj versus kobe happened for a while now it's mj versus lebron and now it can just continues to grow especially when he picks up his fourth title on friday and so on and so forth it's the worst it is the worst it is when you have nothing else to talk about for people who can't generate content just go to lebron and mj and go to pete rose if it's the summer it's pete rose if it's any other time it's mj lebron if you can if you cannot just i am not saying that i am great at this job i have enough content to not go there i know that we're breaking it down we're solving it today everybody strap in because we're putting it to rest once (laughs) and for all brady farkas thank you so much for joining uh believe in patriots check it out it's the podcast on the believe podcast network great content every single week getting you ready for patriots football hopefully their starting quarterback comes back healthy very soon we're wishing him a speedy recovery in that process. But, man, thank you so much for joining. And uh, hopefully we talk somewhere down the road. Maybe the Super Bowl. Who knows? Since this is the number one, that'd be awesome. Number two, since it's the betting podcast, Buccaneers minus five and a half. Yes. And uh, my bet of the week, Philly plus seven at Pittsburgh. There you go. Wow. Dropping it in. Wait, uh, wait, covering or just are we doing that spread plus money line? Oh, no, I would say just cover. cover. Yeah, cover. Okay, I'm into that. I'm into that game (laughs) too as well because I I did a couple parlays with some buddies these first couple of weeks of the season and the Eagles were in there and we all had to have a sit down and we all had to discuss how we had to take a break from the Eagles. Just we have to take a month off. We got to back away. I know there are some teams that sometimes you just can't quit. And uh, like I was listening to Cowherd recently and he's like, I can't quit Atlanta. I need to, someone needs to physically hold me down so I can stop betting Atlanta. Um, I haven't hit that point of this year yet, but my thing was not even so much a team. It was for a while I got really into over-unders, and I was, like, trying to chase the over-under in-game. So it was, like, 
just this carrot that kept going. I'm like, okay, well, I've got it at 46, and now I can get it at 49, and it's just like it just didn't stop. So over/unders was the thing I was I needed to stop for a while. Yeah, that's how that's what that's what sunk him in uncut gems, my friend. <laughs> Brady, thank you so much for joining the pod. This was Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos. This episode was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Make sure you check out their website not just on Thursday for Week Five, but all weekend. They got a great live betting app too, as well, and some pretty decent over/unders as well. We'll be back with some more content later this week. But until then, be safe, be well, be good to each other. We will talk then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.